this is Dr. Ann Bird, and this is the Mischiefs Podcast Season 2. We are starting this season with two podcasts, Episode 1 and Episode 2, that we actually recorded in September of 2020. Um, we're playing these now because we think they are as relevant in January of 21 as they were in um, September of 20. And we think that uh, maybe you'll be struck by that as well. Cheers to an amazing year, even if it feels so much the same as it did last year. All right. Hi, everyone. This is the uh, podcast for September 2020, and we're talking about back to everything and sort of the crisis that's facing uh, parents in America about what to do with their kids this school year. And in in some cases, the uh, decision has made for you. The school system has mandated that your kids will go back to school. And in other cases, you have to decide for yourself. So, Jen, let's talk about kind of what's happening in your real-life situation. Sure. So, in the state of Virginia, where we are, and specifically in our county, um, because it's county-based, we have the choice. We have a choice to go back in person, and we have a choice to uh, go remotely or online school. Um, And so, you know, we are faced with, now what?, you know, we've got to decide how we're going to handle this for our two sons. When did you have to make that decision? I believe it was at the end of July, the 30th. Uh, I can't remember the exact date, but about a month prior to when the kids will actually go back, because here we go back um, the beginning of September after Labor Day. Yeah. So what decision did you make? So we made one of each. Uh, We, as you know, have a son with special needs. Um, and he needs to be in an environment that is more structured, that can't be provided in an online format. So he will be going back in person. Um, and our other son is going to be uh, doing schooling remotely for the first quarter. Uh, it's based on your decision is based on um, first quarter. So um, luckily, we, we don't have to make a decision for the whole year, but he's going to be learning from home. Um, and really, there's just, this is, I think, what every family is faced with. It is about the child. There is no right or wrong answer here. It's about what's best for um, the child, in my opinion, first. And then how does the family kind of fall in line and everything else um, happen to ensure that they're in the best um, situation for for school. Yeah, so your son with special needs is 16. There's been lots of press uh, in the past couple of weeks about how damaging the decision is to close school or make you know physically going to a classroom not available to kids with special needs. Uh, what was what's your sort of? Do you have a political point of view about this? Like you know. Yeah, I actually, I do. And so I think in general, um, and this might not be favorable, but I think in general, kids with special needs kind of get the afterthought in a situation like this. We think more in terms to the average student and we make decisions at a global level or at a, at a, you know, a political level for the average learner, um, which I get. But what happens is these kids um, are impacted in completely different ways and some similar ways. Um, but I think their educational plan comes second. And, and I was thrilled to hear 
uh, after, you know, kind of what I'll consider, you know, the, the debacle of last spring when, when schools shut down, there was no thought really to the kids with special needs, at least not to the level that my son is. Um, and so, you know, it was an afterthought. He came home and there was really nothing we could do. Um, I'm very lucky that his teacher is amazing and a friend of mine. Um, and so we got more than what most kids did. Um, in the way of interaction and, and learning, but, you know, he, it's basically a, an afterthought. So now going into the full school year, there's been more thought obviously put around that, thankfully. And, um, you know, even if we go back to these phases and we start pairing things back as a state, um, special education is still going to be permitted to be, um, in, in first or face to face one on one. So that's, that's a plus for us. Uh, because my son can't learn remotely. He, he categorizes his learning path by where he is and he doesn't do that at all. Geographically. Exactly. Uh, you know, he's not going to do that for me. That's just not my position for him. So, um, we're excited that he's going to be able to go back and be back in a um, environment that I think is going to be safe for him. Yeah. Safe for him. Yeah. So you've got one child going back and one child learning from home. Right. What does this mean for your life and your husband's life? Because now you've got school schedule at school for one of your boys, school schedule at home for one of your boys, like, how are you, how are you, you work from home, your husband works out of the house uh, mm-hmm. and travels. Like, how are you guys going to make this work? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we've been spending a lot of time thinking through that because I think that's what's important and having conversations, expectations, setting for our son that's going to be at home, um, that this isn't going to be a free for all, right? That there's going to be structure to his day. Um, and thankfully, that's how the online schooling goes. So it's not like he just does it whenever he wants to. There will be a schedule, thankfully. Um, but there's a lot to consider, right? There's the emotional well-being. I, he wanted to stay home and learn, but he also wants to go and see his friends. You know, I think it's a hard time for kids to understand the safety ramifications and not be completely overwhelmed, overwhelmed with fear, Um and so I think they're battling a balance within themselves of, of what they want to do um, based on the information that they have regarding COVID and everything. So, um, you know, we're, we're setting up individual spaces. We're trying to make that as, as comfortable as possible. We're talking through how we're going to take breaks and, and what that looks like and the importance of that. And then also trying to get into the routine again of whatever social or um, extracurricular activities we can fit in that are available to us still, because I think that's super important to get some kind of normalcy back for him. Um, So lots of talking, lots of communication, um, and, you know, pre-planning before that day starts in September. And nobody loves communication more than a 14-year-old boy. Oh, my gosh. You're not kidding. Tell me about your feelings, Caleb. And he's like, uh, peace out. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's important, you know, and, and what I've noticed with with my kids, um, with, with Caleb in particular, um, starting the conversation, that's not usually when it ends or even when it happens, but putting it out there and, um, you know, being honest with each other, he tends to come back and ask more questions later. 
On his schedule. On his schedule of emotional availability. Yeah, right? Slim to none these right. days. That's, bless his heart. How are you going to manage devices, right? I mean, he's 14. He's old enough to have multiple devices at his disposal. So he could be sitting there sort of in front of the computer camera and he could have his laptop or his iPad or his iPhone or whatever his other device kind of categories are, gaming system on his lap, right? right. What's, what's the plan to sort of keep him dialed in, if you will? Yeah, we just started talking about this actually, um, and we needed to set boundaries, right? So he doesn't need his phone when he's physically um, in school. He doesn't get to use it there. He's not going to use it at home. So um, that will be with me. There's no safety issues around that. He doesn't need to text me because there's something that's gone wrong because I'm downstairs. So um, we're going to limit that. Uh, the oversight here is one of the biggest challenges, I think, because we're working, we're busy. I know when I start my day, I get engrossed and three hours goes by before I even know it. And being able to touch base with him, you know, it's almost going to have to be a scheduled event. Go check on Caleb and see how his day is going and making sure that he's in the right direction. Um, so again, back to the planning, I, I can't um, stress this enough how having these conversations that seem like they're easy things to remember are going to happen aren't unless you put them forefront and you ask yourself the right questions. Yeah. Well, we'll take we'll take uh, a little break right now just to say that if there's more information you want about this, um, it's on the mischiefs.com website. So, you know, we took the opportunity to create a resource for our members. Uh, there's a private podcast episode talking about kind of how to address these issues. And there's also a worksheet that you can complete that really is a planning exercise. Um, and we invite you to, uh, to do that because the benefit of having the conversation and having the plan um, is the great sort of confidence and, and inspiration inspiration giver and stress reducer. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that as we're solving problems, we're also creating resources for the community uh, that you guys can use to solve problems. All right, let's talk a little bit about kind of the implications on mom and dad. And and just, just to put my own two cents in, you know, my son is in his 30s now and I was a single mom. I can't for one minute imagine what it would have been like for me to have had homeschool happening while I was earning the only income in the family, right? Like this is such a level of complexity. And we're already clear on the fact that COVID is having a disparate impact on, on women um, with no end in sight. So let's talk for a minute about uh, the impact on mom and dad as you guys are, you know, navigating through these um you know, challenges in advance before you've even hit day one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's a real conversation because subconsciously, you know, we've been through this. We've, we're into, what, month four or five on this kind of new territory. Um, and the burnout is real, right? So you find yourself, God, why am I so stressed? I'm home. My kids are home. Everybody's safe. Everybody's healthy. But I have this overwhelming, like, nagging feeling of stress that I can't really place. And I think it's just the burnout, right? We're not used to being together this often. Um, we're not used to being in the same whole household day in, day out, um, with no end, end in sight, like you said, and um, not having the normal channels that we have to 
get out and kind of have our own individual time. And so um, the burnout is real. I was just reading something the other day that there's a, a, a parental burnout diagnosis that's going on. And that's because of all the stress that we're under. Um, and it's subconscious again, right? It's building, it's building, it's um, the demands of our jobs, the demands of the family, the demands of everything that's coming at us on top of not having the resources, not having the outlets, not having help, not having daycare, not having, you know, the different things that you're normally used to having in an already stressful world. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, it's real and, and how to navigate that is tricky, right? Um, you don't want to bring your kids into the stresses because they have unbelievable trauma that's going on right now that we don't even know what the effects are going to be 10, 15 years from now. You know, we often, a lot of people are talking about how this might be related um, to the Great Depression and how a lot of those people in that generation grew up worried about food, worried about this, worried about that. Well, this is similar, different, but similar and we don't know what the impacts on our kids is going to be yet and the trauma that's going to come from this. Um, and and what's going to happen to families, Yeah, right? What's going to happen to mom and dad when they're so burnt out that they can't parent the way that they normally would parent and they don't support each other um, the way that they would intend to or like to. Yeah, if you're fortunate enough to have mom and dad. Exactly. You and know? if you don't, oh my gosh, I you touched on it. Um, I can't imagine being a single parent working um, in what we're going through right now. Uh, you know, kudos to all those single parents out there. I, I mean, you. this is tough. Um, this is really tough for, for everybody involved. But I mean, those folks, I really commend them for, for what they are, the kind of pressures that they're under. Yeah. And as a single parent, I can tell you, you just got in the practice of figuring things out. Yeah. You just had to figure it out. Right. You know, help wasn't going to come knocking on your door. So you had to figure it out. And there's an enormous amount of stuff to have to figure out here. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the last thing you're thinking of, I'm sure, cause it's the last thing I'm thinking of is your own mental well-being, right? right? We can't do the right things for our kids, for our jobs when we're not taking care of ourselves. Um, and so that's why, you know, this platform is so important to both of us because we have the opportunity to give a, a community, give a safe haven for um, women and professional women and moms to come to decompress and for just one, you know, minute take care of themselves and get some answers and not feel so alone in this journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a working daughter these days, right? I've had my parents with me for two years now. It'll be two years in September, which is kind of um, hard to believe the time has gone by so fast. But, you know, while your kids are going back to school, my parents are, uh, you know, terrified that your kids going back to school are going to be promoting, uh, you know, more illness in the community, which yeah. creates vulnerability and exposure for them. Yeah. Um, and I want to also touch base on something you had talked about, which was the sort of long-term um, generational impacts of the Great Depression. You know, these really are problems for our entire family and for generations to come. You know, my mom is the daughter 
of somebody who went through the Great Depression. And uh, my mom food, uh, hoards food. Uh, you know, we have three refrigerators in our house. We have, you know, she's stashing food in every corner and crevice of every space that she can access. And this is the result of, you know, being the daughter of somebody who survived uh, a catastrophic um, event. So we can't begin to know what Im implications this will have on our kids and uh, on the long-term future of our society. Exactly. And, you know, I, I say this all the time, the importance of communicating with your kids um, because left to their free will and social media and their friends, they can catastrophize this or they can suppress it. You know, neither one of those things is good. So I'm a big believer in having an honest conversation, but trying to minimize what they're going to see in the media because there's a lot of scare and fear out there. Last thing I want is my kids going to bed at night fearful of what their future is going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, taking this in bite-sized pieces and, you know, letting them know that they're, you know, this is temporary and they will be going back to school, but we've got to make the most of this situation right now and they're safe and they're okay and everybody's going to be okay. Um, you know, even if we aren't sure how that's going to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up and let people get on with their day with some good news or advice. Do you have any great wisdom or advice for chiefs who are staring down the barrel of this problem today themselves? Ask yourself the questions, right? Um, do a little pre-planning. It'll go a long way because you don't even know what you don't know. So by asking yourself the questions, you provoke preparedness. Yeah. And if you're a member of the Mischiefs community, uh, please come back inside to the resources page. That's where you'll find um, a very sort of useful preparedness planning questionnaire. It's cleverly uh, named something. What's it named, Jen? <laughs> it is called the Question Guide to Preparedness. There it is. Uh, we've also got some additional podcast resources in there to support you through your planning journey and your stress management journey. But, um, you know, our hearts and minds are with you as we all navigate this uh, unknown together. And we hope back to school is awesome for you and your kids. That's right. And remember, kindness wins. Cheers, all. <laughs>